This podcast is also brought to you by Westman Creative. Thank you, Lisa, for all artwork that is related with us by the giant. You do it all. You draw those people every week, and we love it. This show is only the show because of you, and I keep saying everybody just comes on this show just because they want to be drawn. And that is true. I have heard it many times. Now, this week, we are going to highlight Lisa's amazing stickers she does. She does stickers, all right? So you can get a sheet of stickers any size you want within that sheet. You need one big one, six smaller one, 12 bigger ones. They come all on one sheet. They can have your logo on there. They can have something else on there. You want her to draw something up. You hit her up. DM her. Be creative. Go and check those stickers out. I have them here for Us by the Giant. And I also have them for the Michael-related show. And I use them all the time. And I love my stickers. I want to put the stickers on anything. Every time. All day. That's what I do. Thank you, Lisa. Westerman Creative. Go check her out. WestermanCreative.com or on Instagram. Just send her a DM. She's there for you. Thank you, Lisa. This episode is brought to you by EastOliver.com. Heather, thank you for launching the Heather. I would almost say the Heather Toque, but it's the East Oliver Toque. And it comes in Heather Gray. And I'm not joking about this. Let's talk about it. It's a stretch fit beanie that works at keeping you warm with its soft acrylic knit construction. Ah, this Heatherit fine gauge knit beanie is top performing. In chilly conditions. Mm, it keeps you warm. Especially me. Like I have no hair. So that's good. And even for you. If you have a lot of hair. You'll be fine. But I always get a cold head. Now the construction is made out of 80% acrylic. 20% nylon. Your 10% discount code this week is ADVENTURE. Go to eastoliver.com. Add whatever you want, maybe a beanie, and then you check out. On the checkout, you type in the special promo code ADVENTURE. That's A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-E. And go get that toque, the beanie. I would call it beanie. It's the Heather beanie, the East Oliver toque. Cheers. Ta-da. Ta-da, you are the number one. Whoa. Number one is Logan, and number one is Logan. <laughs> For now. I can <laughs> sing I can sing this all day. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah I, I've practiced this all day, too. Wow. <laughs> Just sitting there, ready yeah. for it. That's what I did. <sighs> that's, how, that's how you master things, right? After a thousand yeah. hours... 10,000. 10,000. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's right. <laughs> 10,000. Okay, so this is episode 81. We have a very special guest in the house tonight here in this chat room, virtual reality. We got Sean Murray. He's with Nor Western Maple Co. So this is going to be a sweet episode. Oh, oh. there, there's Sean. Hello. Hey. Hey, Sean, this is Logan. Logan, this is Sean. Good evening. Hey. <laughs> I always like to introduce everybody. This is this is my favorite thing. Sure. 
How's it, go- how's it going tonight? Lovely. It's it's a good day. It's a bit crisp outside, but Oof, that's is it that's, ever? <laughs> that's okay, right? Did you have snow anywhere today? Uh, no. One of my business partners was up at uh, Pass Lake and right. was getting a little bit a little bit of snow. But uh, just before just before we started this, we were rolling out some uh, stainless steel barrels of syrup and. Mm. You, you know, it's starting to get cold when the steel, right, that's been traveling mm-hmm. in the back of the truck and you just put your hands on the steel and it's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Silly. Yeah, don't put your tongue on that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, a good we're tip. Not, we're not quite at, at, at freezing tongue temperature. Mm. I'm, I'm always amazed how metal transfers uh, temperature onto your hands so efficiently. It's a very good conductor. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. This, this like a stone is not the same thing, right? Metal is quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy to easy to heat, easy to easy to cool. Mm. <laughs> Why is that, Logan? Because it's metal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I, okay. Don't, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to go into it. <laughs> no, that's it. I don't want to talk about this today. So, no, it's just a good conductor. It's like copper, right? Like copper is a good conductor mm. of electricity and aluminum and all that stuff. So, I mean, so it just, would it be a, the heat. a gold barrel? Would it be even colder than a stainless yeah. steel barrel? Or way, way more though. <laughs> yeah, way a gold, more. A golden barrel of maple syrup. That yeah. would be, that would be See, it's it's funny. Like video, <laughs> like TV, TV always gets it wrong, right? They got the brief briefcase full of gold bars or whatever. Well, buddy probably wouldn't even be able to pick it up. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. gold is super dense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah. They like, made a they made a golden toilet. Oh yeah, that'd be heavy. Well, is it? See, here's the difference: is it solid gold or is it? Yeah, gold, it is actually. Like, it's a it's oh, a piece yeah. of art. Yeah, that thing would weigh. Oh yeah, it's in a museum, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I don't know the complete story, but you know, if you have yeah. a gold barrel, then it would dent really quickly, right? Uh, yeah, because yeah, again, be very soft. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. We uh, yesterday's big misadventure was uh, was not not maybe properly securing the uh, barrel yes. syrup in the in the back of the truck and. Uh, a barrel of syrup is 650 pounds. Yeah. Wow. And uh, there was a, like a, a, a transport or a delivery truck in front of me, and it completely had like a complete front tire failure. Oh, Full blown no. tire shredding across the road, right? Boom. Like sparks on the rim, like they just swerved off. So I, so I changed lanes and, and I hit the brake, and uh, the, the load straps just stretched oh. it up. The barrel slid forward and and completely uh, completely crushed the whole front of the box of my truck. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So everything is heavy with syrup. <laughs> Six hundred fifty pounds a barrel. How big is that par- barrel? Is it like a uh, is it like a this standard um, oil size? Uh, that one would would be a, a forty five imperial gallon drum. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the syrup is traded. Or it's usually put into forty-five gallon, uh, thirty-two gallon, or thirteen imperial gallon drums. So somewhere, yeah. somewhere in age-old measurements of maple syrup, those were the those are the ones that they settled on. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
Yeah. When we make it up in the bush, we, we put it mostly in 13 gallon drums because mm. we have to, we have to lift it, right? Yeah. So we have to lift it into all of our Argos and our heavy machinery and, and ain't nobody lifting 650 pound, 45 gallon ones. So no. those are the, those are the ones we just deal with in the city. So. Mm. Yeah. They do, they do deadlifts though, right? Like a thousand pounds. Don't they do that? <laughs> only, <laughs> only like the few, very few. It, the the Game of Thrones star he did that recently, right? Didn't he? Yeah, like, the giant or the yeah, what they call him, the mountain. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb. yeah, but he's he's like that's like the peak physical fitness. Mm. Like you should is... hire him. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, he he can carry sap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe somewhere deep, deep down in the forests of quebec there's uh, <laughs> a, a pierre who can who can shoulder two full drums to the to the sugar house <laughs> oh, <laughs> like paul bunyan <laughs> yeah this big uh this big barrel chested uh <laughs> french guy <laughs> he could do it yeah yeah he, uh, yeah what's his name again <laughs> pierre. pierre yeah it's pierre. definitely pierre, pierre yeah. i don't know <laughs> I love it. It's wow. good. Um, when when we were waiting for you, Sean, I already did the introduction, just so you know. I know we're a little bit into it, but I just wanted to tell you. Sure. And uh, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. It's awesome. Thank you. No, no, thanks for thanks for having me. It's uh, this is definitely this is a new new experience. I don't uh, mm. I don't think I've ever I've ever been on a pod. Well, definitely not ever been on a podcast. Mm. Right. Um, and the only ones like I'm not, I'm not a a, a podcastist. Like what yeah, is yeah, yeah. like what is the what is the yeah a connoisseur of podcasts, connoisseur, yeah. a listener yeah. of the podcasts. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I do I do have one that I absolutely love. It's called Hard Hardcore History. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you if you if you've listened to that one. Um, no, but it sounds pretty hardcore. It's so hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I went to school for for history. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, and, uh, and so my buddy and my buddy and I are big um, uh, medieval and World War II history buffs and cool. uh, mm. Mongol Empire. And so there, mm -hmm. there's this podcast, and it goes through. Um, they're like, oh, I, I think one series is like eight hours um, on you know the rise and fall of the Mongol Empire. So oh yeah, those are those are my long highway drive. Uh, my one and only podcast was mm. hardcore history. So there you go. <laughs> That's good. You know, history is important. We can learn a lot oh, yes. of things from history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It's uh, yeah. So anyway, no. But thanks for thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to to kind of chat about syrup and whatever else we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just kind of yeah. just kind of go from there. So. Mm -hmm. I I like it. I like it. So yes. you're Norwestern Maple Co., right? Yeah. So we're the, the Norwester Maple Company. Mm -hmm. And we've been in business for for about four years, maybe five. five mm -hmm. year, first year was very much like, was very hobby-based. And, and I think we, we did uh, two months at the market, sold what we made, and, and, and that was pretty well it. But yeah, so I, I think before that, we did it just for, for really for funsies uh, for a couple of years before that. But, but uh, I would say 2017 was kind of the main, uh, the main year we decided to do it as a business. But, mm -hmm. 
So there, yeah. So there, there's four. There were four original members. So there's myself, and then David Bates, Abe Zedek, uh, Kale Leeson. So that was the the four of us, and we all we all worked together at um, at a place in town, and so we were all really really good friends. And um, our big thing is we're we're really outdoor oriented people. So okay, we love, it's all hunting and fishing and. You know, I own a, a trap line just north of the city. And just oh, cool. just gave that one up, actually. <laughs> but but um, lots of outdoorsy things. And the spring is a really, like, syrup season is end of March and April. And it's a very mushy, you know, the ice, if you're an ice fisher, is is, is kind of, you know, not, not getting great. Mm, so, yeah. kinda, like, what do, you, what do you do? You just kind of, it's this dead time between, between winter and... And then that, you know, later spring and, and all that. So like, you know, I thought, well, what are, what are we going to do? And like, you know, maybe we go no. hiking or no, we can't do that. It's all full of mud and kind of <laughs> snow and whatever. So we are going to start with making birch syrup. And yeah, I heard about tap, that. Yeah, you can tap birch trees the same way, similar way that you can tap maple. And, mm. and there's plenty and plenty of birch. And so we thought, well, that might be a fun little hobby and and uh so we we try i'm like oh, have, you, have you guys ever tried birch syrup no no well maybe we, we should try it before we before we you know mm-hmm. do this yeah mm-hmm. have you guys have you guys tried birch syrup before i can't say that i have no i think i i don't i don't remember but i know a good friend of mine he he has some okay mm. yeah and it is tough like it is like molasses like dark oh, yeah. Mm. yeah you have to you have to boil it at a higher temperature don't you uh you have to boil more of it so the concentration of the sugar is lower Ah, okay gotcha Um, you actually want to boil it at a lower temperature Mm. Uh, actually almost if you could in the ideal way would be to put a vessel under vacuum Mm. and and boil in that the the molecular uh, makeup of the sugars in birch are yeah. are completely different than in maple. That's crazy. So the sugar, yeah, the sugar structure just burns like really easy. It just burns, mm. burns up. So send anyway. it, send it to space. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's maybe it can be. Well, come on, Michael. You got to follow the laws of conservation here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. So we did it for fun. We, we hiked up into the into the mountains, and we thought, okay, well, we don't want to do birch. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the ladies we worked with, uh, she said, well, you know, like my um, my family uh, taps maple trees, and um, you know, maybe you should, guys should give that a try. We're like, oh, we got maples around here, and and uh, we said, yeah, 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 there's all kinds. And so my my one friend Abe is a is a forester, and mm-hmm. so he said, okay, well, let's. Uh, you know, let's pull out some maps. Let's look at some, you know, forest inventories. And sure enough, we found all these maple forests all over the place. Nice. Yeah. And so we, we found one that was on Crown Land. And, and so we, we hiked up there. And and uh, it was kind of like dropping into like another, like a lost kingdom kind of thing. Without sounding, <laughs> yeah. without sounding sappy, um, it was, uh, it was very, it's very weird. Because we don't have like big open hardwood forests like maybe in southern ontario or mm-hmm. the united states but they're they're they exist in these really kind of secluded uh very remote in the in the sort of the the the, 
valleys and the south facing crotches of all the uh, nor'wester mountains and they're so they're really hard to get to and they're very hard to see from the highway or from you know the what would you like the flatland? I guess. Okay. When you hike in, you kind of you, you literally cross this like this little veil of birch and poplar and spruce, and you just take one more or two more steps, and you're just in it. Like it's just this wall of maple mm-hmm. and not maple. It's, and it's so cool. Yeah, so cool. it's almost like they find a spot where they can survive, right? Oh, and that and that's totally it. It's it's very they're very very constricted to the microclimate that exists within that little valley. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're not a vast forest or why there isn't even just a lot of mixed forest of it as it kind of spreads out. It's kind of like all or nothing in those, uh, in those piles. Okay. So, yeah. So we hiked up in there and uh, we had, <laughs> we went and my, my other friend, Dave, his, his grandparents, um, she had tapped syrup at her gen- for generation. Well, for thousands of thousands of years in in canada had tapped and, and made maple syrup um mm-hmm. as part of her her cultural tradition and so so we had a few of these like ancient rusty taps <laughs> they were <laughs> like i don't know i i like maybe 50 like maybe 50 75 percent lead i don't know oh but, god uh, mm. yeah so we so we had a few of these we went to canadian tire and got these like canadian tire buckets and then we went to Value Village and uh, Salvation Army and grabbed these old canning pots. And uh, yeah. we hiked all the stuff on a wooden toboggan up the mountain. It was like an hour and a half snowshoe slugfest to <laughs> get up there. And we, we tapped, we found a little grove within the bigger forest. And we tapped, I think, 25 trees our first year. Oh, wow. And we did it with a little hand uh, brace and bit. So we, we didn't bring a drill. It was just a little brace and bit. You know, the little, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the little kind of bracing bit, <laughs> handheld yeah. manual drill. And uh, yeah, we put the taps in the trees. We hung, we made this uh, tripod that you could put seven, like a, two tripods with this beam running across where you could hang like seven pots. And we, uh, we brought a big heavy duty axe and we got all this fallen dead lumber and we cut it into four foot lengths and then took the axe and then. Uh, wedged and split it into these, you know, four foot long um, firewood pieces or planks, and just rolled that into this this big inferno of a fire. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, it was we we had all these buckets going around, and my 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 favorite memory, and it, it's still like it, this is like the coolest thing when it's like dead quiet, yeah. and you're using these big buckets. All you hear throughout the forest is like this, like. Uh, percussion it's just a little sap drops they hit that empty bucket oh yeah and the other one's a slightly different pitch and it, it so it was really fun and, and we were hooked right away so we we made that syrup the first year and uh man it tasted like absolute shit mm. <laughs> that's great it was horrible <laughs> yeah, yeah. like hours like man i'm telling you like we we, we boiled that from like dawn until dusk and, and then some we hiked out in the middle of the night but you know we were getting you know the syrup was getting thicker and you know it smelt nice or whatever but it was just like jet black and i guess later on we, we were using kind of punky wood so all that smoke from the fire was just whirling into the pot oh nice and it was oh it was full of ash and so we brought some home and we we, we thought it was, i don't know we, we put so much sweat into it we thought it was good up there we brought it home and 
our families and our, our significant others tried it and they're like, this is, this is terrible. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it? I went up the next weekend and we, we, we got a little more choosy with the firewood and um, then it was good. Then it was good. And so we thought, wow, this is, this is amazing. And uh, like, what a great, what an amazing little thing to be doing. And so I was telling all my friends about it. And, uh, you know, one guy goes up to me, goes, well, do you have your maple license? And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like a maple license? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you have to have a license to tap maple trees. I'm like, no, like you're full of shit. Like, you're, like, you're, you're pulling my leg. Like, no, no. Yeah. He goes, no, no, no. So he goes online, shows me, and we go to the Ministry of Natural Resources uh, website. And, oh, there it is. You need to have uh, um, a permit, like a land use mm-hmm. or an LUP permit to tap these trees. Okay. So, like, holy cow. Okay. So I phoned the MNR. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to roll. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to get my maple permit. Yeah. Where do I like? Where do I pay? Or like, mm. is it like a hunting license? Like, do I go to the service Ontario? Yeah. And they go, no, it's going to be like a year and a half process. <laughs> wow. I'm like what? Yeah. For what? <laughs> like what? What do you mean? So, so we. I said, okay. Uh, well, let me think about it. And like, how much is that going to cost? And what do we like? Okay, yeah. what are we gonna do? So we went back and and uh, said, you know what? Why don't we just do this? Mm. Like, why don't we just have some fun? We'll get this maple permit. It's basically a, a mild, like a low key environmental assessment. Like it goes through, um, you know, is there any sensitive plants? Is there any because maples are rare, hardwood forests are rare. There might yeah. be rare plants in it. So how do you mitigate that? Like, what are you doing so you're not trampling the whole thing? Um, you know, are there any peregrine falcons nesting nearby? Oh, wow. It kind of overlaps in there. And then also, will the forestry, are there any mining or forestry claims that take precedence over you? Okay. And this is a theme that for five years is a constant um, constant little struggle is the other other uses or the other uh, ways in which we use our forests in, uh, in northern Ontario. Um, so... We worked through that permit. It, it, it took a while, but it wasn't too bad. And then we just, we, we hiked up there and we got a road mm. cut. We cut a little trail by hand. And, oh, yeah. It was, hey, uh, Sean. And that was it. So we went from hobby to hobby to, to business just because I, I said, well, if we're going to pay for a permit, let's just do it. So. Okay. That sounds really good. Did you all have to get a permit or just one person? No, just, just one person. Okay. Uh, so you could you could apply for as a business or you could apply as an individual. And, um, you know, I, the other thing, as I found out too, was that, uh, there's lots of people tapping maple trees in, in our area. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, there's probably, as far as I can count, there's about 10 or 12 other, other producers oh, wow. that, uh, that are in the slate river Valley, Neebing township, um, you know, uh, South Gillies in that area. So all south of the city. There's no, there's no sugar maple north of the city at all. Yeah, because it's too high and too cold. Too cold. Yeah, mm. it's a completely different, completely different uh, climate. Yeah, it's lappy. So, lappy is yeah, snow belt, yeah, right? Snow. Yeah. yeah. So we, so we, I guess part of the the issue was is that people were there was some competitiveness over some of these these little maple stands, and and if it was just a free for all. Um, there, I guess there had been lots of issues with this, not necessarily in, in Thunder Bay area, but throughout the province. 
And so this uh, permit system, it has implications from environmental perspectives, uh, which are super important. Um, and, and, they're, and they're something that, that we take super seriously and, and work really hard to maintain. Mm. You know, some also some stuff with the logging. But they didn't want to have a lot of people <laughs> fighting each other. Right. And so you kind of have to you kind of have to put your name on it so that, you know, that's kind of the way it is. It's like kind of like a trap line. Like, you know, this is where you trap. This is where your area and it's not just a free for all. So, so very, very similar to that. So, yeah, we did the we did the process and, and did the whole thing. So, mm. And that's that's specifically on crown land then, right? Yeah. So if it's on your private property, you can do you can do whatever you want, mm. but uh, within reason, I guess. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is on Crown land. It's called an LUP. So it's kind of like a, a lease, the same as if a logging company or a mining company is going to put in a mine or conduct forestry operations. They would also do a very similar type of process to use that resource. So mm. there, you know, mineral rights, there's lumber rights, and then there's maple rights as well. So it's kind of that in that sphere. So, gotcha. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you did do you have this in your family where like maple syrup was always big for you? So for me, I grew up with Aunt Jemima's yeah. and we and maple syrup was expensive. You know, dad was like, we're not buying maple syrup. That's like, you know, 10 bucks a bottle. Aunt Jemima's is like 250. Mm. So we didn't we didn't we didn't grow up with maple syrup. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's it's funny. Two of the guys, their families have been, you know, doing lots of maple syrup. I, we have another guy in the company, Aaron, uh, a fifth member now. And uh, his parents had been making maple syrup since he was a kid and, and long before that when they lived in southern Ontario. Uh, as I said, Dave's family has been for, you know, forever, literally forever. Yeah. Uh, and, and here, too. I mean, they, they tapped some of the same stands in northwestern Ontario, you know, two, three hundred years ago. Uh, his family, you know, tapped into some of those trees and made syrup, uh, you know. Not so different from our very first year in the same sort of tools and techniques, but mm. uh, but we've definitely done a lot of modernization uh, since since that first year. So so Dave, it's 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 so important to him. I mean, it's um, it's super culturally important to him. And every every spring, uh, you know, he he offers tobacco uh, to the maple forest mm. and uh, and has a a real respect. You know, he. He, he kisses, I'm not even, I'm not even making this up. He kisses every single tree that he taps, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. every tree. And he just says, thank you, tree. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and away he goes. And, you know, we laugh and you know, it's like, oh yeah, David. And I'm like, How many? And we're tapping 1400 trees now. Right. So he's doing a lot of thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so going through and, and I'm like, and, but he does it every time. So, mm. you know, for Dave, it's, uh, it's definitely, a, definitely a big part of his family. Uh, heritage and and for me i just i just you know i just got so hooked that that first year we did it and and experiencing it and and just the the community aspect of it hanging out with your friends and staying up late all night watching you know watching a bonfire but you've yeah. you got something in a pot going on instead and there's something something really cool about that yeah, yeah. They, they say the forest is alive right so in a way oh. i i really appreciate when somebody like appreciates what the forest has to offer i like that very much yeah there's a there's a real like ancient sense about mm -hmm. it too 
some some of those maples are they're bigger like we, you can't if you and i you know if you and i I'm, I'm assuming if we join hands and tried to wrap ourselves around some of these trunks you'd be very you'd be very hard pressed with some of the biggest yeah. ones to do that oh wow they're monstrous and, and probably at least 250 to 275 years old. Wow. At, at a, at a minute. Yeah. Do, do you yeah. think somebody planted them here or do you think they just got here through like nature? Yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, a, a couple, lots of different um, theories and, and, um, and lots of thoughts on how maples uh, came to be here. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there's, there's one, uh, one piece that, a lot of um, Anishinaabe were seed savers and would carry and move seeds from area to area, mm. and and plant and planting trees and 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 crops and and you know anything else. There's there's that there's that piece, uh, but there's also we are part of a, a seamless maple belt that comes up okay. from Minnesota. Oh. So, at, so the the very peak of the sugar maple triangle i guess um is just at the confluence sort of of, of the kaministiquois river and lake superior right on fort william first nation um that that uppermost um i guess height of land right behind uh mount mckay there's a there's a peak there and there's a little bit that's on pie island out further onto the lake but i think that because it's an island it just gets a little it's just almost mm. too cold out there but there's a couple there's like you can tell there's you can see it on the satellite there's like one or two little interesting pockets. very fascinating yeah. yeah so as you move south the forests get yeah. uh, bigger huh. so as you move as you move south uh what would that southwest along the northwestern <laughs> corridor um Sometimes they may not be bigger forests, but they're in many mm. more of the pockets. So there's lots and lots of little ones. And then as soon as you cross over into Minnesota, you're into forests of uh, 10, 20, oh, wow. 30,000 trees. Like it's, uh, you know, you, you just get just that bit further south mm. and then you're into huge. Uh, huge I see. What, so the one of yeah. those trees you said, we, we, if I and you would hold hands and we would hug them, we would not be able to do that. How much do you get out of there per hour? Or do you measure it? Is there like, this is what it is? You know, I one of the number one questions I get is, well, how many taps do you get? And then how many taps do you put in? And what do you get okay. out of it for syrup? And that answer is, it depends <laughs> on the year, on the day. It, it's 100% yeah. weather dependent. Uh, how much moisture is in the ground, how good of a growing summer did they have the year before um, or, you know, that previous summer. And, and so the biggest trees though, I will say those monstrous giants, they may not be as good as say a, a 15 inch diameter tree. A lot of those big ones, they're, they're big, but they've got a massive amount of sort of uh, dead sapling oh, yeah. that kind of rings around most of the trunk and there might really only be a couple little uh, living corridors uh, within that okay. big trunk so they, they you know they're massive and and they you know they'll they'll fully foliate but it, a lot of that trunk might be rotten or um, or very much on its way out so the yield is 
sometimes less than a tree that's a third. Okay, so it's more like when you're in the youth and you're fully pumped and you're in good shape, then you produce a lot. <laughs> yeah, sap, uh, sap yield is directly correlates to tree okay. size. That's the best way to say huh. it. So if you've got a tree that's overgrown and it's got tons yeah. of branches and lots and lots of, of foliage and leaf, that means that it needs a lot of sap in the spring to kind of shoot up the fuel, all that growth ah, the next okay. year. Oh. But if you've got this 300-year-old 300, 300 giant, but it's got this like little tiny toupee at the top mm. for a crown, then it took 300 years to grow that big, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't actually use or, or produce a so whole lot of sap. Does the, does the tree produce this syrup like in the roots and then it pumps it up? Is that what you, you mentioned? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's stored, it's stored in the, in the roots. The sugars are stored within the root structure um, throughout the winter. And as soon as the temperature goes plus five during the day and then minus five at night, that's, that's very important. It has to be above and then oh, well. below at night. That, that generates a, 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 it's almost like kind of like a pumping action or an expansion and contraction action within the trunk so in the day it 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 warms up it expands or sorry it, it kind of like contracts in and then in the winter it'll freeze up and all that frozenness will kind of yes. expand again and as it thaws it it kind of i mean this is at a molecular level almost but it's sort of that trunk is expanding and contracting and that action generates the pressure that pulls the uh, moisture in the thawing ground through the roots grabs the sugars that are stuck in the roots on the way by and pulls it up the trunk and shoots it up to the um, to the can. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So the the better the summer the is. is, it's a couple of days of that to really get to get um, So our season here is end of March and into most of April. So, but it's about a five week a year time where you make maple syrup. Oh wow! So you have to tap the everything you can for a whole year. That that's it. You got five weeks. Oh wow! That's all, that's all the time that you get, and so you actually have to put in those taps and then take them out every year yep. so that you can promote good health and growth in the tree. Gotcha. But you do you do all this work and all this effort for five weeks and mm. if the weather doesn't cooperate then you're then you're you're doomed <laughs> that's pretty crazy yeah. yeah yeah so and then if you sell a lot then you're out right oh yeah every year we our our, our syrup that we make here we sell out every year okay uh, every year we get a little and it's just because we don't have massive forests like they do down south but Every year we make a little bit more, a little bit more, like we put in more and more taps. We put in all, it's very expensive to kind of have all the equipment for this. And so we, we reinvest and, and the very first year we, we did it commercially. We made it from, uh, we bottle in first week of May and then we, we sold out mid June. Mm. Wow. Wow. So it was like, but when I say, oh yeah, we sold out, I mean, like, how many bottles did we really make that year? Um, but every, every year has been, has been better and better. And then last year was our first year that we had, we just about made it a full, a full cycle. Okay. So we almost made it from, you know, May all the way back until March, 
you know, to make the fresh batch. Mm. Does yeah. Does ma- <laughs> does maple syrup break down over time? Yeah, it will. Uh, it's shelf stable in our glass bottles. They recommend uh, CFIA says uh, about a year. Mm. But in a in a barrel, like in a stainless steel drum, it it'll last for for years and years and years. Um, in Quebec, they have a strategic reserve of maple syrup. Oh, really? Literally, literally warehouses uh, that are hundreds of millions of dollars in maple syrup. Wow. Like massive, massive warehouses that are stockpiled, and and that and they ebb and flow that stockpile to to fix the pricing. Yeah, because wasn't there like a shortage a little while ago because everybody's using it now? Yeah, yeah. And so that strategic reserve ebbs and flows out according to demand. Um, And if you have a high demand coupled with a bad, remember, it's only five weeks. If you have two or three weeks of that five that are bad, that's like 60% of your whole rest of your year's supply gone. Mm. Um, Then what they would do is they would release most of their reserve out into the into the into the market that's crazy yeah. So they're, yeah and they just kind of gear that in terms of market trends and and everything like that and say how much how much do we need to grow the reserve uh, this year so yeah it's it's a it's a really it's it's kind of it's bizarre <laughs> mm. yeah it always reminds me of this i don't know i i used to watch this with my wife lisa we watched riverdale and there is also the um, the sugar man in there, and they have like they are the people that had all the maple. Okay, mm. that's that's like a very traditional saying, right? The sugar man. Yeah, the sugar man, or the uh, yeah, in, in Quebec, in a lot of it would be uh, a cabana soup would be the uh, the place or or the experience of making uh, of making maple syrup uh, in Quebec, and, and up until not that long ago. Yeah it was very much given that you would you would be permitted from your employer to whether you worked in logging or in the shipping industry or whatever um you would get that time off there folks are they cap in february and march they're a little mm, further right. yes uh, but they it's it's part of the culture everybody the whole family um grandmas grandpas uncles cousins all go to these family um sugar shops and that's what they do they they make they make syrup they eat copious amounts of sugar shock or cabana sucre culture is all about eating tons of pork like it's just baked beans oh, wow. and, and ham hocks and, and just feasts and feasts mm. uh, all up in all up in these sugar shocks uh, lots of music traditional fiddle music and everything else it's really lively really cool um, so i think we kind of enjoy that in our own way up here too lots of Lots of our all, all the guys that are are working with with the Maple Company here. They play banjo, uh, Scottish bagpipes, violin, <laughs> the, 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 wow. whole, the whole like we got the whole show. You got a whole band up there. We got yeah. the whole show going on up there. Yeah, you have the neighbors come up and hear the banjo, and they don't know what maple syrup is, and they think they're gonna die. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're like these guys. They, we had one guy come up there. He came up with his quad yeah. and. We were all surrounding him, I guess. We were all working oh, in the bush, man. and he didn't see it. He got in, and he sees all this pipeline in the shack in the middle of nowhere, big steam cloud coming out, and he's like, oh, man. He's like, what? what Shady deals, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> up here. 
That's it. Here's my keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. All right. Um, so for those five weeks, you pretty much disappear. Then I guess you just gone. I'm gone. Mm. I'm gone. Uh, we uh, we di- we disappear into the bush. Yeah. Uh, making maple syrup, it's twenty four seven. Sap runs usually when the sun starts warming the trees uh, around ten o'clock or so. Usually most days, and the sap does not stop running until about seven or eight at night. And then you have to start the whole actually boiling and reducing all of it yeah. down. Okay. So it's a twenty-four-seven operation, um, all hands on deck. It's uh, it's busy. Mm. And so on a given day, a given day, each tree should give you about a gallon of sap per tree. Per tree yeah. And the boom, the boom days will be two gallons. So every day. In our bush, sometimes you'll have 2,000 gallons of, of fluid yeah. that are coming out of these trees that you then have to carry yeah. uh, by hand every day, 2,000 pounds, down some hills uh, and boil it, boil it away. So it's, uh, it's very physical. It's, it's strenuous, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like you, you ripped. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> ripped, yeah. I ripped. <laughs> For maybe two or three weeks after, and then it's and then it's off to the beefcake. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a marketing pitch. There. Yeah, I'm sure Derek. I'm sure Derek likes it. Goes it. away, man. It goes away. It's, it's <laughs> hey, build it up and you work it off. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but it, sometimes they call me a like a, a black bear, dump bear. Just eat all the garbage. <laughs> yeah, lean, lean up for the maple season and just get fat for the rest of the year to do maple season again okay and and you personally do you like prefer to have the traditional pancakes and maple syrup all the time do you have do you put maple syrup on any on on, on everything or is it just everything, on everything? Yeah. I, I i i totally have pretty well use it to re, to replace uh, most other sugars okay uh, and maple syrup is really versatile i mean you can put it on the classic is is breakfast put it on pancakes but we'll use it in our house, we'll use it in in stir fry teriyaki sauces and uh, any anything. Honestly, where you would have like a honey or or a white sugar, yeah. brown sugar, you can just replace mm. it. And so, it's almost like it adds flavor too, though, right? Because it's a very specific it um, taste. It yeah yeah very distinctive, and then even within syrup, there's different different grades. So you you start the year making golden syrup which is which is very very light yeah. light light yellow and by the end of the season you're making uh, very dark is the grade but it, it's like a black black syrup huh. and each of those grades and there's a whole spectrum of of color and, and taste and flavor as the season goes on and each of those kind of has its own own use mm. The very very dark syrup, a lot of people find is is maybe very intense to just put on pancakes, but it's great if you're doing uh, something savory or with a lot of spices, so baked beans, or you're using it in some barbecue sauces where the other ingredients are really powerful and, and could knock out a lighter grade syrup taste. The very dark really pushes that. Mm. To, that maple flavor through okay so it's like beef grading too like triple a double a whatever yeah yeah so it's all you have a color grade Mm. 
and then there's grade A and then grade B. Oh, wow. um, grade B is anything that it's usually not for sale in most places, but grade B is anything that has an imperfection. Oh. And that could be uh, too much uh, smokiness in it. Uh, it could be that the sap had spoiled before it was boiled down. Uh, lots of different things. But mm, What do they do with it then? It's, it's usually uh, processing grade. So that means that it's, it's you know, no offense, but when you buy a bottle of maple syrup in the grocery store, mm-hmm. it may have grade A on it, but it might have 30 or 40% uh, grade B blended mm. in to cheapen and, and bring down the overall price point of making that product. Uh, things like maple cookies, if there's anything that you buy off most shelves that have like maple, like, like ma- maple flavor. Yeah, maple it. and beans, beans, maple beans. Yeah, like Heinz, Heinz maple beans. It's very likely that they're using uh, processing grade maple syrup so that it's you know they've got a lot of other stuff going on so they kind of hide it mm. right so hide that bad flavors wherever it might be okay interesting so even though the bottle says grade a they allow to punch it uh they're not allowed to but it it, it is industry practice to oh, so, oh. yeah okay so for our grade b we dump it oh. so as soon as we hit as soon as we hit that uh end of the year where things start to go like they're getting a little nasty mm-hmm. or if there's uh, there's any sort of issue within it, it within the product uh, we don't we don't sell we do not sell grade b uh, syrup um and and i shouldn't say we dump it on so sometimes i'll bring it like i'll i'll yeah. eat it or we'll we'll use it ourselves or in our we call it a family grade yeah uh, yeah <laughs> so like all, all our family gets all the crappy syrup um mm. but uh but yeah, I mean, sometimes if it's really bad, we'll dump it. But a lot of times we'll find it. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Is it really that bad though? Like flavor wise? Uh, you know what? Honestly, it is to me just because we're tasting syrup every yeah. day and really focusing on that grade. You know, if I have a, a grade B or even a grade A syrup that, and I don't even mean this to sound like just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, arrogant about the syrup, but when you taste it every single day mm-hmm. and you're always like quality testing and you know, when you get a bad one for me and for the rest of like, we, you know what, and you spit it out. Like you just, you just, it is not yeah. good. Yeah. But, but a lot of people, you know, if they're, if they're not, if they don't have syrup every day, some people just think, mm. Oh, I guess that's what some syrup tastes like. Um, and that's unfortunate because they're, they may be, tasting a bad product and, and then think i don't know if i like maybe yeah, yeah this yeah, remind so. this reminds me of wine right if the wine is yep. a little bit like you uncork it and then you drink it and it's like eh, but you still drink it yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> and you know it you know it is you know it maybe isn't that great but you're like well whatever. yeah yeah <laughs> but, but you can actually the the wine you can bring back to the lcbo if you want to and they then exchange it for you really? yeah as long as you have the receipt Oh yeah. If the bottle the bottle is bad, you can bring it back, yeah. I did not know that. I don't I don't know. I'm not I guess I just drink it no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> now, or you can use it yeah. for cooking, whatever. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. Logan, did you have any other questions? No, I think it's I think this is actually quite fascinating because I I always wondered why it was only just before winter time that uh, maple syrup was going out. I was like, Why don't you just do it all year round, guys? Come on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, it makes yeah, more sense. I wish. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's definitely like a boom or a mm-hmm. bust. You know, thinking, you know, like how it, it's it's so crippling too. Like even just financially, uh, when we look at at COVID. So oh, COVID, yeah. you know, really, like it, it was the 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 real franticness of it was in March and April, and that was peak maple season. And for us, it was in some ways it was great because we disappeared into the bush and we're like, you know what? That, yeah. <laughs> the world may be doing its own thing, but we're up here making syrup and, and life is just great. Mm. Um, but maple, that season 24 7 is intense on equipment. Gotcha. And snow machines. And, and we use snow machines and Argos. And there are six generators that run and there's a series of pumps and, and everything else. Well, one night it was really late and there's a critical piece of equipment. It's called the reverse osmosis. Machine. Oh, yes. It, it takes it takes raw sap and then it puts it through a series of membranes and then sends concentrate out the other end, saving you tons and tons of time and firewood from just boiling pure, plain old raw sap straight from the tree. So th- this, this piece of machinery, there's two of them. There's a small one and then there's a, a big one that we yeah. have. Uh, I mean, it's it, if that thing is down, it, it's it's almost game over. Like it's such a critical piece of equipment, and it's not it's not complex. It's you know it's it's you know not nothing crazy. But one late night, we were we were dismantling things because you have to take them all apart at the end of the night because they can't freeze or everything cracks and whatever. So we're taking it apart. And we we dropped we dropped the little um, fitting head or the the little. Um, end caps that kind of seal the membranes it just it fell it was below zero at night it hit the floor and just shattered oh, no. the, the, the piping and everything it just shattered boom so normally that would be uh, just a trip back into town and they're they're kind of basic household plumbing fittings mm. or whatever well there's no home depot that's open there's no canadian tire mm. there's no mm. uh the local plumbers are you know they're it's it's this and that and and that that was hard. It was hard because we there was just a, a shitload of duct tape yeah. this year. Okay, <laughs> I, he, you know. Yeah, here I was. Here yeah. I was thinking you took a you took apart your own furnace to fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there there we actually found a guy in town who sells uh, who was selling sprinkler parts. Oh yeah. And we we went over and and sprinkler parts and and maple RO parts are the same oh, parts. Nice. And, for whatever for the various components so we we fixed that but uh yeah no this spring was 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 great but it was it was also it was also uh, super challenging yeah, yeah. in its own one of a kind so. yeah ho- i, I mm-hmm. hope so <laughs> that's yeah, crazy so. yeah. yeah okay i love that so i think if you're good sean i would we would switch it over to the idioms i think we covered you pretty good Okay. If you if you missed anything, now it's the time to point it out. <laughs> I, I think uh, I don't know. I just kind of rambled there. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I I just it's it's great. It's fun, and I think if if I could add anything to it, it's um, if anyone is in, is interested in getting involved in in maple trees, we have lots of school groups that have. Uh, trees that grow in their in their schoolyards that are planted thunder bay lots of the boulevard trees are silver maples you can make good syrup out mm. of it. Uh, i just i encourage you to give it a try like sugar maples uh, 
silver maples. Okay. There's big silver maples grow on the on the boulevard. You can you can make maple syrup from any type, any species of maple mm. tree. It doesn't have to be sugar. Okay. And so I, I encourage you, you know, if you have a tree in your backyard, that's a maple. If you have a tree in your front yard, put a tap in it in the spring. Yeah. It's an awesome family activity to just do, um, you know, you won't make a ton of syrup, but there's a lot of fun with it. And I think you'll really appreciate, you know, the, how, how it's made and, and the time and effort to go in. And if anybody has any questions on how to do that, we always encourage people to get a hold of us. I give I give out buckets and taps and lids and everything for free. Doesn't matter if you want a bucket and you want to tap a tree in your yard, uh, just just let us know and we'll we'll get you Ooh. we'll get you doing it. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Supposedly, I have a sugar maple in my backyard. Do yeah, you? supposedly, like like that's what supposedly. the guys. Yeah, that's what the <laughs> arborist said when he looked at it. Because oh, I did you it was planted? <laughs> um, I don't, yeah, it's been here. I think it, he said it's like sixty to eighty years old. Wow. So and uh, like we had we had a branch fall off <laughs> in during the winter. Yeah. So uh, I I might have to give this a try. If that's really a sugar maple. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't maple or any any species. It'll uh, it'll make sap. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know. Mm. Now I'm pumped. All right, let's do the idioms. Who wants right. to go first today? Okay. okay, nobody wants to go first. I, I do it then. So I, first I say it in German and then I translate it into English and then you can guess what it means and then I will tell you what it means. Mm. Okay. Uh, ich lach mich kaputt. Which means word by word translated into English, I laugh me broken. I laugh me broken. Yeah. You're yeah. Just going crazy or what? What do, what do you think that means? <laughs> sounds like I broken. <laughs> okay, so it means you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So it's like okay. it's like oh uh, yeah. yeah no they were really are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Like I don't get the where the where does the broken come in? Oh, that? the broken the way they translate it is is I laugh and then you know maybe you know this German word it says kaput. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's done. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just an actual German word. Yes, it is. It's uh, kaput. It's kaput, and which means that piece or, or equipment is just it's done. It doesn't even mean it's broken. It's just like it's it's shredded into thousands of pieces. It's kaput. We would use. We would use kaput many, many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be on a TV. Yeah. That's good. I love it. With an, with an expletive before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This snow machine is this kaput. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. That's, that's yeah. it for me. And next up is whoever wants to go. Uh, I might as well go. I Okay, go for it, Lord. Okay, so I got um, I thought about this one today. So it's mess with the bull, you get the horns. Mm. Okay. So I mean, it's pretty explanatory, but basically, uh, how I literally interpret it is, if you mess with something like a bull, yeah, you're definitely going to get what the bull has. So it's um, basically just mean if 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 you're doing something stupid or dangerous, you are definitely going to get hurt. Yep. <laughs> I have. I don't know if this if this counts, hmm. but we we it's like it's more of like a saying, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, we do sayings like, and all that. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's just it's it's the way it goes. Like yeah. I don't know. Like it's not, like that. I had to think about what do we say like all the time. Mm. It isn't just like vulgar, like, but that is actually like a saying. <laughs> and I, and I think it's, it's just like, you know what? Honestly, you drop the RO to me. Like, you know what? It's just the way she goes. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just the way, that's just the way the cookie crumbles yeah, exactly, or whatever. Yeah. It's just so many times there's just, it's, it takes so much patience, just like in, in a lot of small businesses. Eh? It's just, Things are gonna screw up that are like, yeah, this is this is this is really not. Good. This is where we're at right now. Yeah. Yep, but you know what? It's just the way it goes. <laughs> it's so true, and you wouldn't you wouldn't even expect it, and but it still does it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it ties into like Murphy's Law and all that. Yeah. Mm. I like it. That's a good one. Yeah, just the way. It goes. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, you know, Sean. I want to share when we did the sound check earlier this week, and we uh, we talked a little bit, and I said golden, and then you said golden as syrup. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was too lame. <laughs> <laughs> it's like light golden. Golden is maple syrup. It's like that should be on some like lame-o, like little. I don't know. It's like a 1950s. Yeah. There's like a little like. Smiling redheaded girls. Life is golden as yeah. maple syrup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found it. It was it was really good. I liked it. Yeah. Well, sometimes life is is yeah. Maybe it's it is pretty golden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty. We're pretty fortunate to be able to uh, to have this forest and uh, and to respect mm-hmm. it and to to participate and to and to be part of something that is so classically Canadian. Yeah. It, it to be like honestly, beavers, canoes, maple syrup. Like what? Yep. What other types uh, do you want? But but it, it's such a privilege to be able to do it, and um, you know I'm I'm really thankful, especially for the long-standing tradition of maple syrup in Thunder Bay and the area. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you're the we've had you know newspapers and all this stuff, and they've said, oh, you're the first person to make maple syrup. And that's all they'll publish. Oh, you're the first person to make maple syrup commercially. Oh, you're the first person to. And I really hate that. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, I do. I mean, we may be the only, you know, like commercial operation that's rolling right now. But maple syrup has been a part of commerce. It's been a part of the culture and fabric of the landscape here for, for thousands of mm. years. You know, it, it, it does it a bit of a disservice to say that, you know, we just showed up and, and did. It's good to did. highlight yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It's, no, it's good to know that it's been around. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's not just a Quebec thing. You know, it's 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 uh, indigenous people have been making maple syrup here, like in our area, not in southern Ontario, not where here in our area um, for thousands of years. And I, and I, I just want to, you know, emphasize that there's so much respect and tradition that it's a part of that. And it's really, it's really honoring to be a part of that, that tradition. Yeah. I I respect that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then let's switch it over to a couple um, nerdy geeky stuff here right now. Is it Tesla watch time? Uh, No, it's space news. (laughs) Oh no. Space news. NASA just (laughs) came out with a new toilet and guess how much it is. Two billion dollars. No, that's a space toilet. Yeah, it's smaller, it's better smelling, and it's more female friendly. 
Did you just say <laughs> it's better smelling? Better it smelling. is. That's what. That's the headline. <laughs> I'm just space. saying what it says. Yeah. Like, is there a sense of smell in space? Like, yes. smell travel. It does. Yeah. So actually, there's. We talked about this a couple episodes ago, but there's actually a guy whose job it is is to smell <laughs> things before they go into space. Because on Earth, right, wind. Wind and air dissipate smells. When you're trapped inside a tin can, smells do not travel anywhere. They stay there. <laughs> so, so, like, yeah. baked beans would be, like, the worst thing. Yes. 100%. It's like, nope, that's a no, that's a no. Yeah. I think there was a case of a guy who wanted to bring up his CD collection, and he couldn't because of the smell. Really? Yes. All right. I think space toilet is worth... 1.25 okay very Ooh. good you you actually you are closer than 2 billion but the price tag, <laughs> the price tag for this new space toilet by nasa is 30 million dollars wow. and it will launch to the iss shortly oh they have to install it nice. yeah they're gonna <laughs> like how now now does that does that include like the cost of like the, like the launch like is that like no. all in ticket? No, for or is that literally just the the, the toilet? Itself? No, the plumbing is extra. <laughs> the plumbing is. Extra. Jeez. Oh, you're uh, you gonna fly a plumber up there too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it in it includes the uh, lit, the seat, the urine pre tank, pre treat tank, the mm. urine host, the urine funnel attaches here. No, and then this transfer system. It's called UTS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. Maybe I I screenshot this as a story later on us by the giant. But I wanted thirty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and then on other space news, we have um a little while ago they found some Italian scientists. They revealed their findings on Monday, two years after they identified a large buried lake, what they believe it is, mm. on on Mars. And somehow they are now able to say that it's a salty pond. So supposedly that enhances the chance of life on Mars. Okay. The salty pond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And why would it it enhance... What's the? It's just because there's like a, it's like water. And yeah, is usually, usually presence of water means there's some sort of microbials or something. Like yeah, that. the microbial life is always raises as soon as you have water, potential water. Okay. And then the surface temperature right there on the South Pole on Mars is minus 113 degrees. And it gets warmer the further you go into Mars. So which like which gives it a kind of a way. Okay. The death, like the further you down, you would think the planet would be colder, but or, but it's the opposite. Hmm. Oh, uh, so it could be even that it's maybe it's liquefied, but that's just the rumor, right? So they can I, see. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day, and he was telling me that the the dust on Mars would be poisonous to humans. Mm. Is that 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 it would be? Like if should the dust ever um, land on you, that it would well, actually no. The conversation we were talking about putting a maple plantation on Mars. Oh, we're like, how would we do this? And we said, okay, we can build a dome. And he said, okay, well, it's the air is so thin that they have like huge winds 
but they wouldn't actually be, be as damaging to a dome as we might might think. I said, well, do we, would we have to like bring up compost? Oh, and, God. Like, how do it? They said, no, you just got to wash off. You'd have to wash it. And I guess whatever there's a substance within the dirt or within the, the dust, yeah. but if you wash it, water neutralizes the poisonous aspects. And then we could add compost. We could do what's the guy where they like farm potatoes out of his own shit. What was that? Yeah, Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt That's, Damon. Yeah. We, Matt yeah. Damon <laughs> the potato guy. And then we could we could sell it. We could sell the syrup as Mars syrup to some big buyer, and that would be. We were trying to get call Elon for a yeah. for a sponsorship. Yeah. But, uh, so what I found here is That's that Martian shipping costs. Oh my god. Is, toxic due to relatively high concentrations of percolatriate compounds yeah. containing chlorine. Yeah, that's so basically there's like pockets of chlorine in the soil on Mars. Hmm. Would make a good yeah. swimming pool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. My my day job is I work for Science North and so we're we're all oh, about cool. the space all about the space nerdiness. Although I'm like more of the bio stuff oh, yeah. rather than rather than the space. But but Dave, uh, who also works there, is a major major space man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ask him about uh, Mons Olympus. Mons Olympus. Yeah. Okay. He'll love that one. Note, note, <laughs> note taken. Okay, I have one so, more. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Logan. No, well, I was just going to say Mount Everest sits at the basically base of Mons Olympus. That's how big it is. Okay, so it's, so it's a massive, massive mountain. Yeah, I think it's the largest in our solar system. Very cool. And also, I think the largest canyon is also on Mars as well, in our solar system. <laughs> it, I think it stretches from the one coast of the continental U.S. to the other. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Mars, Mars facts. <laughs> Mars Facts by Logan tonight. Mars Watch. <laughs> Mars, <Texas. laughs> uh, on Tesla, Tesla news this week. Tesla um, Watch. Supposedly, we have Tesla is planning a 25K car. So 25,000. Okay. okay. So like an entry model. And there's mm -hmm. this article on uh, teslarati.com. And yeah. they, um, they, the headline says... Tesla's $25,000 car will force EV rivals to make painful sacrifices. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, like Indiana Jones level? Like, parts like, from chess, painful sacrifices? Yeah. Like, what, this, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have to, like, sacrifice things into the car? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> okay. That means that we, I think, uh, they are leading in uh, oh, 100%. everything they do and they might be able to pull this off actually that other manufacturers have to pull along in price point well everyone else oh. like all the other manufacturers have been fighting electric vehicles since ever and now someone comes along and it's like hey I can do it better than all you can <laughs> and does it like... mm. or cheaper yeah and cheaper yeah yeah so, I was actually surprised to see this article because I didn't know about this. So I, I, I oh, Elon didn't tell you about that one. Either. No, like Sean, I talk to Elon all the time too, but he never gets <laughs> he go. never gets back to me. Yeah, no, you, you need a you need an us by the giant 
sponsorship. That, that way, there you mm, go. Twitter handle, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it for my news this week. Logan, what do you have lined up? Okay, so I'm going to shoot through mine. So I also have another word that has uh, multiple different meanings uh, that I'll brief over here. So the word is strongman. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this, this currently has two different meanings that I know of. Uh, one is the usually performer of a strongman, so someone who has physical strength and shows it off. Yeah. Um, the other The other is usually in a political meaning role. It means someone who exercises uh, use of force, force, threats, and violence. Um, and they are what's called a political strongman. Ah. Oh. I know yeah, a guy. So, I know a guy. Yeah. Yeah, we I think we do, yeah. <laughs> um and then this one this one caught my eye. So it's not space news, but it's 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 just kind of evident of what could happen in the future. Um and and will be probably more common. So the headline reads Critical patient dies after cyber attack disables hospital computers. Ooh, that's um, scary. Yes. So what had happened is the ambulance was en route to a hospital. Well, the hospital had what's called a ransomware attack. All the computers were shut down, had to go to a different hospital, which I believe was 30 more kilometers away. And once they got to the other hospital, um, they had passed away. That's terrible. Wow. So it, it is it is now they're saying, and, and again, what they say here, it's a they're inquiring for a negligent homicide, which is true, but they, they keep saying it's like a, a death. Like it's the first death due to a cyber attack, but basically you could probably rule it, rule it uh, essentially as like a murder. Mm. Wow. So yeah, this, this could be more, if you think sci-fi, this could be more targeted to specific computers too, going into the future. Like if they know of a patient that's in there, they'd be like, "Oh, target their computer, shut them off." And hey, just I, I just one word, Neuralink. Well, yeah, yeah. If everyone's connected on the same network, and then we all, all die. It takes is like, well, I wouldn't say all oh. of us, but <laughs> all it would take was like, well, no, like, like my scenario would be president, right? Has Neuralink gets hacked, no one knows, and now someone's like literally puppeteering them from behind the sidelines mm. right endless possibilities doesn't take much <laughs> yeah um another one here 750 million we've touched on this before 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes are set to be released in the florida keys like why well it's to get rid of <laughs> diseases such as dengue fever and the zika virus so what they're doing is they're they're genetically modifying them to remove this aspect. So if you had Zika and then you were bitten by one of these mosquitoes, it would it would um, remove it. It's like a no, <laughs> no. It's <Okay>. to pr- so they <laughs> they have it. taken the disease or the the genetic whatever that causes the disease from mosquito to human transmission out of the equation. Okay. So I'm doing air quotes here, but apparently it'll be safer. But again, we're playing with genomes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know, but that's their plan. Because, mm. I mean, mosquitoes do kill like a lot of people a year. So, Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it like way up there? 
Uh, sure. <laughs> do they, do they yeah, Jesus. Yeah, they, uh, there's many. a keypad. Thank you, Logan. People die from mis- oh, wait. mosquitoes. <laughs> uh, last year, and this is from 2019, though, mind you. Last year, mosquito bites only killed 800,000, 830,000 people. <laughs> A sharp decline. From the average annual toll of two million. Wow. What? Yeah. That's that's two million people who've died from diseases transmitted from mosquitoes alone. Mm. By mosquitoes. That's crazy. Yeah. So it, it it like this could be potentially good. But yeah. Like all things we do with playing in science. <laughs> <laughs> They always work. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like, like, did you know, like, the fun fact about the nuclear bomb is that they thought when they set it off, it would literally ignite our atmosphere. And they still and, let it off. And they did it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the one in Belgium that, that drive. They thought it would open up a black hole. Oh, you mean the, um, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, um, the element thing that spins really quick. Sean probably the element. <laughs> Sean probably would know, right? The hedron collider, yes. Collider, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sean. After you said you and the science north, the you were the expert on this show. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just teach. I just teach kids. <laughs> little, little science. Yeah, little science. yeah. I think science is always important, no matter what size. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, the micro and the macro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I do you have anything else, Logan? Um, well, uh, yeah, there was one, but I won't go too far into it. I'll just read the headline because it's interesting. So, pilot has reported seeing man in a jetpack outside their window at 3,000 feet in the air. Mm. So, the technology to create jetpacks are becoming a thing more frequently now there are there are several different types uh if you go on the internet now there's a uh, quote-unquote iron man richard brownings so michael this is that 3d printed suit i had showed you yeah. a little while ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this guy can travel 50 kilometers an hour um just with this suit um and now I believe the military is very interested in it for, um, uh, like boating. What do they call that? Um, breaches or whatever. Okay. So yeah. Basically, assault, um, like rapid assaults. And they're like they're a lot quieter than let's say jets. They're a lot quieter than let's say um, like a speedboat. Um, so yeah, it's um, and try picking that up on radar too, right? Will so it, small. Yeah, yeah. Will it even pop up? So. The technology is coming. Mm. No hoverboards yet, though. But <laughs> mm. yeah, but we got the shoes that lace automatically. That's good. <laughs> the hover shoes? No, the shoes that lace them. You know, they made them. Lace themselves. Yeah, the Back to the Future shoes. They actually made them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, they launched them like three years ago. 
Oh man. Yeah, you you didn't pre-order? Super behind on that one. (laughs) Although all that time I've been tying my own shoes. (laughs) Damn, Logan. I know. I got got a stash if you want. Just uh, hit me up later. (laughs) You just have a pile. (laughs) The Northern Ontario distributor. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. I think Sean, this is this is it. Okay. We we look. Well, thank you. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you very much for for having me on and um, for hearing hearing all about maple stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. That interesting. Yeah. Super thanks. fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So thanks again, and um, awesome work, guys. I, I I've loved seeing all the uh, all the Thunder Bay's uh, varying personalities uh, show up. It's uh, it's such a great such a great show, such a great asset to the community to have. Uh, this sort of insight into what people are doing and what's going on. So hey. Thanks for doing what you guys do. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. That's awesome. Yeah. And you. then I also wanted to um, give people heads up where they can find you, right? On Instagram. Yeah, you can, you can find Norwestern Maple Company on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, Facebook is NW Maple and Instagram is just Norwestern Maple Co. And you can see us uh, in person at the Thunder Bay Country Market. And we're at uh, select small retailers um, throughout the city of Thunder Bay mm. and the region. Yes. So, okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Wonderful. I love it. Great. So go and check yes. that out. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay. And this is episode 81. Thank you so much, Sean Moray, Northwestern Maple Company. Okay. Everybody have a good nice night. Job. Me too. Bye. Good night. Okay, bye-bye.